0: Support for today's podcast comes from HBO's new series, I May Destroy You, a fearless, frank, and provocative show written by and starring Michaela Cole that explores the question of sexual consent in contemporary life and how, in the new landscape of dating and relationships, we make the distinction between liberation and exploitation. The Atlantic calls it a brilliant, explosive consideration of modern sexual mores. Decider described it as an ode to the Black female artists. Be sure to watch new episodes of I May Destroy You on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern on HBO and stream it on HBO Max. (laughs) Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, It is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 160 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We're back this week to say goodbye to season four of Insecure. And wow, they sure gave us a finale. Joining me for another week of debriefing is my friend and colleague, Dr. Donna Oriowo, who is an author, international speaker, and certified sex and relationship therapist in the Washington, D.C. metro area. She's the owner of Nod Right and specializes in working with Black women on issues related to colorism and texturism and its impact on mental and sexual health. She's also the author of Cocoa Butter and Hair Grease a self-love journey through hair and skin. This week, she and I chatted about what happened between Molly and Andrew, Tiffany's struggles with postpartum depression and how we might support friends who are struggling, the giant reveal from Condola, what's next for Issa and Lawrence, and what we might expect from season five. This episode does include spoilers. Here's our conversation. So we are back. So we've come so far down this road (laughs) to the season. We have, we have.
1: (laughs) It feels like it took a long time to get here and it also was way too quick. Absolutely, you know, I mean... I think that we should get another petition going. Maybe we can get a 40-minute a episode. I'm just saying, I'm okay with the unconventional. It doesn't have to be an hour.
0: I mean, we, at this point, just have to be hopeful that we can get another season within the next year or so. Because COVID right. acting Right, up. right. So.
1: Well, they're just going to have to act via Zoom. <laughs>
0: we get a whole, a whole yeah. Zoom version of Insecure. <laughs> So the title of this week's episode is Loki Lost. And I feel like that is a great description of how they knew we would all be
1: feeling mm-hmm. at the end of this episode. I was just like, man, lost in two senses. <laughs> like we done lost it all. We lost <laughs> out here. Just lost. Just lost all over the place. So we see it
0: opens up. This this episode opens up with Molly and Andrew.
2: Yeah at
0: a work event. Right. They are at a work event, Molly's work event, and he has tagged along. And so they're having conversations and somebody approaches them about like an after-hour spot, right? And so it's clear that Andrew is not really interested in going, but Molly, you know, convinces him like, okay, I'll make it a work thing for you too. I'll have him play some of your artists or something like that, right? So I feel like this was a continuation of what we saw last week, right? Like some cracks Mm -hmm. in the foundation of the
1: relationship. I'm just saying that predictions were made and then they (laughs) happened. Um, mm. I was like, okay, Andrew, tell me how you
0: feel. Finally. But it also seems like he then just went along with it, right? Like he, you know, he didn't really want to go, but then she kind of convinced him and then he went along
1: with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) But I felt like he was a little bit more resistant to it this time around. Mm -hmm. He was just like, you could tell that he was just, it sort of deflated him a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. he's making that uh, sound like, all right. Like I'm gonna, I'm giving you this thing, but I feel it. Mm-hmm. I feel that I'm giving you this thing, mm-hmm. and Whereas I don't maybe want in the to past, be. It was not as obvious. Exactly, yeah. I felt like he made it very obvious that he was not happy about making this concession this time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah.
0: Yeah, well, we see very shortly after, right, that there is a continuation. So they've gone to this after work thing, and now they get back to the apartment, and they want to watch the finale of Looking for Latoya because he has avoided with
1: Latoya Right,
0: we have avoided all the spoilers, and he's like, "Okay, we're finally home. We can watch this because now we're, you know, not on your time. We can do it now." Yes. And she doesn't want to watch it because she's so tired. So I feel like this was clearly like the last straw for him. I
1: think that, you know, like there was no more straws to be given that day at all. And it's funny to me because it, it sort of got me going back to the previous episode with the block party and just how it's just that that space of like, are you are you here? Are you paying attention to what's going on? Like, are you here with me in this moment? Because it doesn't feel like you're here, like you're seeing, like you're able to take in what is right here, right now. She wasn't taking in that he was not like, he's like, come on. Like even like before the block party, when she was telling Issa, I'm not, I'm not going to ask him to do nothing because I was like, all right, look, she knows she on some shaky ground. You got to put in deposits before you can make a withdrawal. Yeah. And she didn't recognize that she didn't have no withdrawal power in that moment.
0: Yeah. And so now we see it has come full circle and it's obvious to her only when he for her. And I think this is what happens a lot of times when we are like not necessarily all the way tuned in in our relationships. So there is this thing. Right. So in absence of everything else going on in the relationship, us not watching the finale of Looking for Latoya, you blowing up about that would seem like, what in the world is happening, right? But because Mm -hmm. we know that there have been these frustrations that she hasn't really been paying attention to, now it feels like he's overreacting. Context is
1: everything.
0: Yeah, so she even asks him, like, okay, what is this really about? And he tells her.
1: I'm glad that she had the wherewithal to ask what it was really about. And I'm glad that he was finally able to speak up about what it was really about. I feel like he'd been trying to drop hints almost all season. Like, you know, this thing is a problem or this thing is a problem. But I'm like, in the end of the day, the whole thing for me, for both of them, both of them are at fault. Mm -hmm. I know that some people are gonna, um, you know, a lot of people are really mad at Molly right now <laughs> and nobody seems to really be team Molly. I'm team fix it. <laughs> but, uh, but when I'm looking at this Molly Andrew piece, I'm like, part of the issue here is that Andrew was being very subtle in the beginning about what his, what his needs were about being able to set boundaries and expectations and hold her to them. And now it's almost like he'd been building this cachet of nonsense mm-hmm. and it just sort of erupted in that yes. moment. Now, granted, it was the most gentle eruption that I ever did see. <laughs> but it was, still a, it was still an eruption nonetheless, right. where, you know, it's like all this stuff has come to a head and it's like, look, I can't keep on with this. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say you feel like he's been dropping hints all
0: season. I feel like we have been seeing it, but I don't know that, like it would be something that Molly would really see. Do you have examples of when he's dropped hints that you think?
1: All right. Like when she kept choosing work over him mm. and they went to dinner
2: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: I felt like he dropped the hint then, like mm-hmm. number one, he made it, he made other plans for after dinner because, Oh, I mm-hmm. thought you would be busy as right. you have always been busy. So mm-hmm. trying to make sure that he's living and leading a life outside of her. Right. So I'm like, all right, to me, that was a hint. And even the the conversation that ensued thereafter I'm like, I thought that that was him letting his thoughts and feelings about the whole situation be known. Mm-hmm. I felt like he got really very quiet for me mm-hmm. after she had that blow up and showed her whole ass at the, um, <laughs> at the block party. I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm wondering, because now it, it, his conversation with her changed to, I'm on your side and having to reiterate that I'm on your side, which sounds like I don't want you to jump down my throat and treat me the way that you treat the person that you call your best friend.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said that in one of the other episodes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm wondering, like, if at this point it's just like, you know what? I don't have nothing else to lose. Because this is not working for me and I can't keep going like this. I can maintain my silence and be upset and uncomfortable and resentful. Or I can speak my piece and know that maybe this is the end of this relationship.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: so I see what you mean in that he had been voicing like some of his concerns. And while it may have seemed like there maybe was progress being made, clearly there was not a lot of progress being made. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. So we see this conversation that Molly and Andrew are having is interrupted because Kelly is calling several times. And so once Kelly calls for like the third time, right, Molly is like, "Okay, this is clearly an issue. She picks up the phone. And then the next scene. Right. Right. (laughs) Because clearly she's in the middle trying to figure out what's happening with Andrew. And the next scene, we see them all at Tiffany and
1: what's her partner's name?
0: Derek. Derek, we see them see, at... I told
1: you, I was doing my You got you, you ready, you ready. Damn,
0: <laughs> we see them <laughs> at their apartment and Tiffany is clearly been, has clearly gone missing. Yes. Yeah, so he's on the phone I mean, with somebody. We already got where's toilet
1: in the background. We can't right? have where's Tiffany too. Where
0: is Tiffany? So we see that uh, Issa is already there and Kelly and I'm guessing are these...
2: Tiffany's family members? family members or Derek's family members?
0: I couldn't. I didn't quite know the r- relationship between who the other two women were. Yeah, nor
1: did I. So I just went with fam. I'm yeah, like, somebody Y'all family. somebody's family.
0: There's somebody's family. There's somebody's family. So we see that you know, of course, everybody is upset and trying to figure out like what's happening. And so I know early on, you know, we saw some hints that there may be some postpartum stuff going on with Tiffany in the early episode where we saw them bring the baby home.
1: Yes, 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 yes. But then we didn't see any more really about it until this, until the season finale. And um, at first I was just like, this to me felt sloppy. Mm. That that was my initial thing that Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is kind of sloppy for y'all to start it and then just leave it. Mm -hmm. Except that, you know, the things that you learn when you're in therapy with others, um, (laughs) there's this idea or this theory that was talking about like, They did that on purpose, that it was background because that's how it it got me thinking about like when when you have the baby shower, everybody is present. Mm
2: -hmm. When the baby
1: first comes, everybody is present. But after after a while, everybody start falling off, fading back. And you sort of are in the background dealing with the stuff on your own. And it's never it's not forefront and center in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that this, you know, this. This postpartum depression worked in much the same way. It was just like it was just like a fallback, like because she was very present at the beginning of the season and then became less so as we moved through the season. Mm-hmm. And just like oh, she's sort of left by herself to sort of deal with this thing.
0: Oh, that is a very interesting parallel. That is yeah. I mean, because we saw in the beginning of the season she was still pregnant, right? When he said was still trying to get mm-hmm. her funding for the uh, block party, she then we saw her at the, the block room. party. And she had already had the baby and, and, she was I, and, they, it was, and she was drinking. Right. So it was clear that she needed some time. You know, she was really appreciating because Derek had come to the block party with her at first and then the baby was crying. So she was like, can you just go home and do it? So she clearly still wanted to have some of that time to kind of be with her friends. And, you know, kind of, I think that that is something that happens a lot, especially with new moms, right. Is that there is a real struggle between, who you were before the baby and who you are now as somebody's mom and really struggling with like that identity piece. So I and think we saw it a little there too.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's just the, like a general lack of awareness that just because you got something new and precious that you may have wanted doesn't mean that there's not also still grief. Mm-hmm because i'm like you're still grieving that old life like this was you know grieving when you get married you're grieving that single life when you when you have a child you're grieving the time when you did not have a child and that and it's just it's just letting go of the one thing in order to embrace the other but you still have to go through your grieving process whatever that looks like it sort of reminded me of one of your um previous episodes i don't have episode numbers because <laughs> you do um, but the one where you talk about graduating
2: mm. and
1: that yes there's you know the the fun and excitement of oh my gosh i'm a graduate i'm done with school but there's also the loss of the identity of being a student yeah um in the traditional sense of the word as opposed right. to you know <laughs> i am a student of life mhm but you know it don't cost no money.
0: <laughs> right. But I think if we go back to your theory about how much of the season related to her and the baby mimics like real life, we also mm-hmm. saw that there was so much energy around what was happening with Molly and Issa that it did feel difficult for other people's stories to, to be able to shine through.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It gets me thinking about like how we can make something the center of our worlds. Like, you see people who are breaking up with somebody or, you know, they're going through a relationship transition. I see people who are like, okay, we're not having sex. They are so focused on this one thing that they're not necessarily able to take a step back and see how all there's still a bunch of stuff happening in their worlds that also may have compounded this particular issue.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm just like thinking about like, okay, there's all this stuff going on in the background of their relationship. And if Tiffany were more present, if she was not dealing with what she's been dealing with, what might have been different? Mm -hmm. Could anything have been different?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that that's a really good conversation, right? Like some ideas about what it does mean. To to kind of maybe be the first mom in the group because that's another mm-hmm. dynamic, right? That and she had already she talked mom. about how she was feeling separated, right?
1: Right. And that she felt like she needed to go get her some mommy friends.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if that may be a conversation to have around, like, how do you, as the non-mom friends, continue to be able to support and show up for your friend who is a new mom?
1: Exactly. Do you have thoughts? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How do you show up for your friend who is a new mom? Um, well, number one, make sure that it doesn't stop right after the baby stops being a new mom. Mm-hmm. Like, don't stop showing up, don't stop doing things and giving things and being present. So, I'm saying, like, make a standing appointment once a month at the very least, or get a, a rotation of friends together that somebody's always going to be there to you know, give her mommy relief time. Mm -hmm. Maybe two of you go together. One of you get the baby and the other one of you get mom. Mm -hmm. Like let her have some adult time. let's Let's reconnect. Let's not feel disconnected. Let's create some things that we can do all together around the schedule that, you know, is now happening because someone is a new mom.
0: Yeah. And Um, we saw some of that in this, not in this episode, but in the previous episode where they were there like folding baby laundry and Mm -hmm. cooking and stuff like that. Like those are definitely very concrete things that you want to do, Um, you know, because I think I've heard people and even from my own experience. Right. Like everybody wants to come and like hold the baby, but that isn't always the helpful thing that new moms need
1: you to do. Like they yeah, need like come over food. here and do some laundry. <laughs> right. wash some dishes. They need can you help me need. clean the bathroom? Like what you, like what you going right. to bring? What you finna going to help me with? Exactly. And just making sure that we're thinking a little bit more beyond that. So like, I know for me, I get a lot of peace of mind when, the, when our space is clean and clear. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, well, if you cannot physically show up yourself, can you send a cleaning crew? Good point. Can you hire a uh, uh somebody to go make some meals? Like if that's something that you have the the financial means to do, maybe do something like that. Maybe send the food along. Uber Eats that thing. Yeah. And like whatever also, it is that you got to
0: do. I also think that it's important for us to make sure that we Um, kind of verse ourselves in postpartum symptoms. So I know I did an episode with Dr. Christy Christopher Holloway, and I will link it in the show notes all about postpartum. That's her specialty, not at all mine. So I will not, you know, even try to go too in depth with this, (laughs) right. But I think it is important for us to know some of the symptoms so that when we do have new moms in our circle, we can ask about this um, because it does happen far more often than we, I think, like to think. And so I think, Again, with everything going on with Molly and Issa, they may not have been taking the time to like really check in like, hey, how are you really feeling and what does this experience really look like? And again, not that you can necessarily make an intervention, but if you are noticing some things like her being more withdrawn or whatever, then you can have a conversation about... They did notice that she was
1: drinking, right? They're like, oh, you you over here drinking at this black party. Did they have a conversation about that? I want to say that it was like maybe a quick one-liner. Like, okay. And I want to say that maybe there was something about a pump and dump or something, oh, something along those really lines. True. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, so we're seeing some things that are difficult for her. right? But at the same time, we're not in the space to really address it. Yeah. So I
0: think as the audience, we were kind of picking up on some clues, but of course, you know, that style of the show is designed, right? Yeah, um, but so for them in real life, you know, maybe it felt more like kind of scattered moments. But I think yeah. we again have a new mom in your circle it's important to kind of be at least a little well-versed on you know some of the symptoms maybe some things to ask so that if there is a need for her to maybe start talking with a therapist or to get some additional support then you have already had that conversation with them
1: absolutely and even just even then you know the person so remembering that you know them and like hey this thing feels a little off, a little different from who I know you to be. It seems like you're a little bit more stressed out. Um, I think that sometimes you can ask, how can I help? But I think that also just taking the reins because even the idea of someone having to think up what you can do to help them and how they can delegate that task to you now becomes additional work for them. Yes. So making sure that we're we're thinking about like, all right, Out of the list of things that, you know, are usually needed. How can I be of service Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and take it over instead of trying to have this new mama who's already arranging so much now have to arrange how you're going to help them. That's too much. It might end up being one thing too many. Sort of like uh, now it's like I can't watch looking for Latoya.
0: (laughs) Right, right. So we see them, of course, after Derek hangs up the phone with whoever he's talking to, I think maybe the police department or somebody, um, mm-hmm. they are like, okay, we're just going to set out to find her. So they go to the movie theater. Um, and I think, of course, that this uh, plot of having Tiffany missing is also a great way to make sure that Molly and Issa have to be in contact in with, one with one another. Yeah. So when we see that there's still this tension um with molly and isa but of course for the greater good they are talking with one another and you know trying to have
1: a game plan about how we're gonna find her i felt like it also served the ulterior motive of opening molly up a little bit more how so um well number one she's just coming off this conversation mm, half a conversation right. with andrew where he's just like yo everything is about you
2: mm. everything
1: like I bend for you, I break for you, I do this for you. You say, Don't do this, I do it this way. Like everything is about you. I even down to the food we eat, we make one arrangement, you decide we eating something else. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, everything is always about you. You are at its center and you know best. And in this situation, it was like everybody has something to contribute to finding Tiffany. Yeah. And the I felt like that the, there was that one sequence of conversation about, oh, there's a bar here. And then it was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Issa did this, you know, what was it? Cinco de Dranco? <laughs> yes. Know. Whatever they called it. <laughs> <laughs> whatever they called it. But, you know, like, oh, we're going to go to a bunch of these restaurants. We're going to go to these restaurants. And I felt like that was a moment for Molly to recognize that actually Issa does do things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that she coordinated this thing mm-hmm. and she, you know, she put her money on it. She put her time on it and she was there for you. So I felt like, okay, now it's like a, Oh, I see Issa black and white. And now ooh, here goes a shade of gray. Mm-hmm. Like, let me, Oh, I need to reevaluate some things. But then there's also watching how Issa had a knowledge set that nobody else had.
0: Yes,
1: And coming, especially when we're thinking about Molly saying things like, oh, she ran from me like she ran from a real job. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the work that she did is actually something that was very integral in their being able to find her at all. Because she's able to say, oh, how much was that fair? Okay, she had this one over here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like being able to, to use her knowledge base in order to help. And I felt like that also was something that helped Molly to continue to take step back to see a bigger picture.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I appreciate that perspective. So we see them; they get on the bus. They figure out, okay, she's probably on the bus route somewhere. Um, And there's all these, you know, random kind of conversations on the bus. But I think a prominent piece of their bus trip is um, we see Derek doing a lot of like blaming himself. So
1: you know, the conversation I was like this. Is the entire season.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, we see him doing a lot of blaming himself, thinking, and like, I knew she was unhappy, but I didn't think it was this serious and all of these things. And so Issa is trying to comfort him. Like, we're all just kind of doing the best that we can. But what I feel like that was also a parallel to like her and Molly.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he was just like, I knew she wasn't happy. And then it went straight into, I thought time would help. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ooh, <laughs> the lie that we continue to tell ourselves about what time finna do. Oh. Time heals all wounds. Time don't heal shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I think the other piece of it is that how you use the time, right? So we can't just think what well, we it's been four weeks. And this should be healed when we haven't actually done any
1: healing work in those four weeks. Exactly. It's yeah. the application. What do you ap- What do you apply for time to help with the healing? Yeah. Time does nothing but move forward. What are you doing to help it to be something that will now bring healing? Because if you get a cut on your arm, you know, nothing deep enough. I mean, you could get, what, necrotizing fasciitis? You I know grace matter um you know <laughs> flesh eating disease, so I mean you, can, you can, your, your arm could fall off from not taking care of it, or you can apply something to it, you can clean it, you can do something, and time will help you to heal that wound, so time will either help your arm fall off because you get a blood infection and now the end, or time can help you to actually heal it, but people think that because Oh, well, time will move forward and things will get better. I'm like, well, what did you do for time for things to get better? Yeah, What did did you apply? Like time, time don't heal nothing. If you don't remember nothing else I say, remember I said that. (laughs) Right. Not time alone. But now thinking about it, it feels
0: like that was kind of an analogy for multiple relationships. Right. So from both Molly and and Issa, but also Molly and Andrew. Right. So he has given this time. Right. And Clearly, time has not healed that.
1: Nope. Yeah. None of them are applying the thing that they need to apply. They need to apply conversations and change or a plan of action. And none of them have actually done that. But I would also say that, you know, you're talking about Molly and Andrew or Molly and Issa, common denominator here being Molly. Well, I mean, you said that last week, too. (laughs) Molly has kind of
0: been like the common denominator this whole season is is kind of what it feels like. Yeah, because I'm just like
1: everyone else is sort of applying certain lessons, uh, applying certain things that they've learned in previous seasons or whenever. But, you know, time has moved forward in such a way that it allows us to see the fruits of the labor that they put in at the start. Mm -hmm. Molly has not necessarily. She doesn't think that she had anything to change. And mm-hmm. if you don't think you have anything to change, you're not applying anything. You're just watching things sort of fall apart around you. And that can feel frustrating and anxiety provoking and make you feel like you've got to clutch at these straws just a little bit tighter, but at the same time, still not going to apply to things that need to be applied. Yeah. Like we're just watching a thing fall apart. You, just, you, It's like there's one episode of Grace Anatomy. See, I, I told you I watched too much Grace. <laughs> Look at all these Grace Anatomy <laughs> references. <laughs> There's a guy who had a cut on his foot and diabetes and it got so bad. It got to the point that his foot needed to be cut off. And all he's doing is mourning when he could have done something different. His mourning was falling apart in front of him. But it's like, dude, the you it can't be solved now. Mm-hmm. It should have been worked out then. Yeah. Now we have to have a new course of action we have to consider a new a new destination of what your new normal is going to look like because you've known about this for weeks and did nothing that is an example of time didn't heal nothing it just yeah. made it worse because you didn't apply anything so look i was looking at that like this this conversation this admission of i saw it and i just thought time would heal it and that th- this piece of I-, I just didn't think it would get this bad and i could have done more. I just like, yo, if this is not the entire season. Yeah, very good points. Points were made, as the kids
0: say, right? But <laughs> I also think that it it kind of speaks to just having again the general education so just like we talked about you know like how you Mm -hmm. might have some of those conversations with the new moms in your circle I also think as a partner of a new mom right that there are some things that you I think should be reading up on and you know being aware of so that if you see certain signs then you know that there's some action that needs to happen right but again back to your point about all of the excitement about baby showers and decorating the nursery and all of these things. Right. And I think the same can be said about like weddings, right? Like we do a lot of excitement about the actual Mm -hmm. weddings and not so much preparation for the actual marriage. And I think the same thing sometimes happens with babies is that there's the excitement of it, but not also thinking about there are some very real consequences that can happen and things that you want to be paying attention to related to mom. um, So that we make sure that she's okay too.
1: Because I'm just like, I feel like all of us have a collective responsibility. We shower someone with attention and love and gifts and well wishes when they're getting married, when they're having a baby. But then when it's in the process of now they have the baby, now they're in the marriage, everyone is gone. Yeah. And it's almost like we revert right back to what happens in my house stays in my house. Mm -hmm. So we're unable to get the help that we need from the people who were there to celebrate us in the first place.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I think especially
0: as the mom, you know your emotions and everything are so all over the place so that even sometimes i think if mm-hmm. you have the knowledge you are not always able to kind of recognize for yourself like this is something that i need to reach out about you know so that's mm-hmm. why i do think it is important for our you know support system to make sure that they are also armed with that
1: information word and on top of that i mean i feel like we cannot had this conversation without also keeping in mind the strong black woman narrative mm. that you're supposed to do all mm-hmm. the things mm-hmm. and be and look good while you do it. Yes,
0: yes. That motherhood just comes naturally and you just know all the answers.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's it, not the case. It can be at all. hard for us to be in a space where we're admitting that there's a lack of knowledge or a lack of know how or that we're struggling.
2: Yeah, and that we do
1: need help. Let alone knowing how to even ask for it. Mm-hmm. So. If we're not practicing asking for help, we're also not necessarily practicing knowing what we would need help to do. Right. So for me, this is you know, of course, multifold, and that this means that there are multiple types of conversations that need to be had, as well as a system in place for how things are going to go thereafter.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So we finally see that they have been able to track down which hotel. Tiffany is at, and they are trying to get off the bus. They have this whole thing with the bus driver and what's her name? Hey. Not Natasha. What's her? Oh, who, Kelly? Kelly, yes. Kelly's like, well, what's going to happen if I press the button? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> She's like, I'm pressing the button. We getting off the bus. And so we see then, now see, now is when my heart raced because the bus driver then flags down the police. police officers. The police officers then confront the gang of friends. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, like what? All I could about think was Rodney happen? King. Oh my gosh. Especially given like where we are just in the world right now, mm-hmm. it just felt like, oh, this is bad timing for this. So
1: thank you. And me. like how much, you know, like the, and that white guy from the bus also yes. getting involved and yes. all that talking yes. about some, oh, my inner black woman looks just like right. you. I'm looking like it looks just like her. And now you, you ready for her and you're in a black woman to die. Like what's going on?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So that, that, that scene in particular definitely raised my heart rate. Like I said, um, cause you just didn't know like how it was going to play out. I didn't know if there would be some, something that happens, you know, and again, given where we are in the world right now, it just felt like, Ooh, that felt very sensitive
1: absolutely
0: yeah not but we like see that, that it Ooh. thankfully goes well they're just like okay we're not gonna do this and they go into the hotel they find tiffany i mean now we see that she is in a room now i am i the only one that thought that maybe it was somebody else in the room, I was like, Who in that room? <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to crane my neck around the door i'm like oh my gosh because you know there had also like, been all these rumors there had also been all these rumors about like oh is the baby actually Derek's? like is that a thing but we, of course, see that she is in the room by herself and has showered and just is crying and saying, you know, I didn't know what else to do. And so yeah. we see that Derek is the only one who really has any interaction with her. Like the, the friends don't actually talk to her, at least that we see in that scene.
2: Yeah.
1: And I would say that was also very appropriate mm-hmm. help him, find her,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then allow him some space, but still be there in the background. Because right. yeah. I'm just like, well, that's how it should go with the marriage, with the children, with everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is you and your your spouse, you and your person. But it should also be that your friends, your family, your loved ones are there in the background to cheer you on, to give you a shoulder, to give you whatever it is that you need in those moments when you're like, I'm getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, allowing them to still be in space, even if they're not going to be all up in the space. Right. The
0: central part of the, of the scene. Exactly. Yeah. So we see now that, you know, now that she has been found safely, now it is time for all of the rest of the episode to, to <laughs> unfold. So I think we see we go back to Molly and Andrew, correct? Mm hmm. OK, yes. So we go back to Molly and Andrew, you know, he's and thankful Molly wants to found, have the
1: conversation. Listen, and Molly he's like, just like, nah.
0: let's just pick up where we left off. You know, it ain't no no time to waste. And so he tries not to go there with her because he understands that she likely is tired. They've been up all night, you know, that kind of thing. But
1: she's like, yeah, no, we're gonna and it was an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But I can also understand it from her perspective as well, where it's like, right. like I was in this upheaval and I need I need some I need some stability across the board. And this is the place where I don't have stability right now. Yeah. We we're having a very difficult conversation. And I would like us to finish that conversation so I can start to reach a resolution.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that I would not have let that conversation go either. Like I would not have wanted to sleep on it because I probably wouldn't be able to sleep knowing that we were in the yeah. middle of this like difficult conversation.
1: I'd be like, we can talk now. <laughs> I'm good. I can sleep later. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I'll be all right what you doing right now we can can talk right now (laughs) so we see
0: so he's like okay if you want to go there and then he's like i just don't feel like we're on the same page like it just kind of feels like i'm the one that's always giving and what if we're not on the same page And so she immediately jumps in with, you know, like, what do we need to do? I can fix this. Yes, I can fix this. I know I was wrong for going for not going with your brother, which was shocking to me because I did not ever think that she would kind of come off of that one. But I think that that also shows like, desperation. Yes, like we are just now putting all the cards on the table because he has said, you know, like maybe this is not the right thing to do. And so she says all of this stuff and he's like, what are you even fighting for right now? And Mm. so we see her have to take a pause and rightfully so, right? Because I think this goes back to our early conversations and the, the comment from her therapist, like, do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship? And so is this really about her wanting to just kind of say, okay, we can fix this versus I
1: really want to be in relationship with this person. I feel like, Being with Andrew gave her things. Specifically, it met what she thought that she should have, even from season one, that she should be with Mm -hmm. somebody by now. Yeah. And that that should be a serious something with someone. And in some ways, it felt like he was just there. So you here. So I'm going to make it work with you. And then it's the, the piece for me of, Issa basically like, look, it, sound, it don't seem like it'll work out with nobody you with. And now it's, it ends up being like, a, oh, I, I'm watch me. Watch me. I'm going to mm. prove to you I can make it work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I'm, of course, also thinking about what the world tells dark-skinned Black women. Mm. And the world tells dark-skinned Black women that you don't, you ain't nobody. yeah, That your value is less than everybody else's. And... If you want to show us that you have value, then you need to get yourself a partner, specifically a male partner. And that if a man should choose you, well, now you are fixed. Now you have some value, but only as long as he wants you. Mm -hmm. So that grasping to stay in a relationship while being confronted with like, what are you fighting for?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I felt like to me, that was such an important piece of the conversation because i'm i'm looking at all the things i'm looking at this is an interracial relationship i'm looking at and no t no shade to nobody but some people pick people outside of the black the black community because they're also trying to show others that they have more value and that more value means i can pull somebody who's lighter who's not black or whatever and that this shows that i have even more value than if I would have pulled somebody else and I don't want to be let go by this person that I've already deemed has more value.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, there was just so much there, right? Because in a part of that conversation was also her, like when he asked, like, okay, maybe we aren't on the same page. Her first comment is not about anything about him or her or them together. Her first comment is, neither of us have been in anything this long. Right. So, so again, going back to your comment of this thing to check off off of her list, it really feels like it was much more about like just being in a relationship than it was about this specific
1: relationship. I mean, let's be real. She was in a lot of times, and what we saw was her almost being in a relationship by herself. She wasn't considering him, Mm -hmm. his needs, his wants, his desires, what he wanted to eat that day. These are not things that crossed Molly's mind. And for me, I'm just like, from the first time they had the conversation about how work ends up being the focus for me, I was like, this is a space to pause. This was a moment to sit in the discomfort of being told about yourself just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I know that no one likes to be in discomfort. We all love lemonade. We all hate lemons (laughs) that make no sense. But that being in that space of lemons of like, okay. This feels uncomfortable. Let me take a full look at this. Let me, let me notice where else in my life does this thing apply before I try to make lemonade? That was the work that was not done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So she just kept on doing, she just did things. She she moved so quickly into lemonade of, oh, I'ma fix it. It's funny, one of my um clients, you know, we've been talking about masculine and feminine energy and that. Masculine energy, especially as it relates to the U.S., I would say, is about doing things, productivity as a way to show that you have worth and value. And she immediately moved into masculine energy of let me do things to mm-hmm. show you that this is worth it and this has value, and thereby I have worth and I have value. Yeah, so She I went also- immediately into fix-it mode instead of let me sit here, let's, let's explore a little bit more about mm-hmm. what is here right now. And what, how this might be happening in other places of my life and how now I can, with thoughtfulness, with having experienced this fully, now how can we move forward together? Because she thought, how can I fix it? Mm Not how, not how can we fix it? So it's even in the context of that conversation of, of, you know, what are you fighting for? And this is not really working is, well, I can do this stuff. Yeah. I'm like immediately jumping in on herself and not being I'm like, you're not here with him. You here with you. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I also feel like a part of what raised her desperation was the fact that just last week she's had this fallout with Issa. Right. So I think this is also her feeling like I cannot lose another important relationship because then I really have to look at myself.
1: Lose an important relationship. I'm like, she tossed that one away <laughs> from pride. Pride she, allowed, right? Because we, like, all so exactly. 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 we did not see all of this desperation.
0: Exactly, exactly. We did not see this. Oh, where's your willingness to
1: work now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know, like you, you're talking about time that you spent with Andrew. I'm like, what about time you spent with Issa?
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I and going, now that I think Issa's about it, he basically with Andrew.
0: He basically used the same line on her that she used with Issa. Like, what if we are not in the same page? Wow, I just remember that. Wow, I was just
1: like, man, this whole episode is nothing but an echo chamber. Echo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I'm like, girl, you said the same thing to Issa not last week, right? Right. Like you're talking about what serves and what doesn't serve. I mean, but she was on it, I think, from a petty place mm-hmm. of I'm going to win right. and this is an extension of punishment and I'm expecting you to beg and to grovel. Whereas he was actually at the point of I'm OK to let this go. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't need I don't need this. And I'm OK to let it go. Whereas, you know, she 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 acted. This is to me that that thing when people be like, oh, yeah, I'm unbothered. I'm just like, baby, uh, just the fact that you told me you unbothered lets me know just how bothered you are. Right. Unbothered is an action. It's a way of life. It is a way of movement. It is not a word. And it is certainly not something you get to say to somebody else. Oh, I'm unbothered. Like, boo-boo, you are bothered just because you told me. Right. <laughs> yeah, so we see this scene
0: in with her trying to, you know, ponder on the question he's asked like what are you even fighting for and then we move on over we
1: move on over to Isis (sighs) all right we just take a deep breath here I just want to just say you know you was right oh my gosh Um, but listen this is like
0: I think the first time in my life where I have like not even wanted to be right (laughs) <laughs> now like, I'm like, oh, to be wrong. Right, right. I cannot. I mean, even though I predicted it, there was still a piece of me that was shocked at what we saw unfold in this scene. So Oof. we see Lawrence comes over. You know, he's again happy that Tiffany's okay. Um, but we can clearly tell, like, something's going on with him. Mm. So he says, Condola came over last night. And like, here all, we you go. You can't leave it right there, right? First of all, that's like, not what, what was happening. you doing with <laughs> <Condola> last night? <laughs> right? I thought that I wasn't talking no more. Like, what's what's happening here? <laughs> oh my gosh! So, first of all, we got to talk about though how this entire scene was so beautifully shot. Like, we keep seeing back and forth to the conversation yeah. between Issa and Lawrence and the conversation between Condola and Lawrence. Like, beautiful, masterful like, cinematography as, beautiful. as always. Beautiful. It's
1: so i was like yeah what's the answer to- oh okay my listen I,
0: I feel like i need to get on udemy or something and, and take a like beginner cinematography class to see how you even do any of this stuff because it's just so masterful i mean i think you got it you should do it <laughs> listen, and then I, you could do i could barely the do a selfie. Girls, a tv show <laughs> i'm still mastering my selfie so we're not gonna go that far <laughs> 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 so we see him tell her um well we see condola tell Lawrence in like that flashback that she's pregnant
2: mm-hmm.
0: listen mm. wow. So. Like, wow. <laughs> wow
2: the chickens have
0: come home to roost um, and wow. so Issa, of course, is looking like, what in the world? And so he shares, this is not anything that has happened since they've been together, right? So I think that's where her mind initially went was, you know, we just kind of got this thing started and now you are already with her. But it sounds like this is from when Condola and Lawrence were actually together.
1: Yeah. But wow.
0: Yes. And so we also see that Lawrence is you know kind of struggling with this information and he asks her is this mine and of course she was offended, <laughs>
2: absolutely, <laughs> offended. absolutely offended right like, well, she over here if it wasn't yours would she be talking to you right Wow. Well, but still dang we ain't got jumped jump
1: to conclusions
2: Right, right. He almost so, broke his
1: back jumping to that conclusion.
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> clearly she has, you know, done the math, I'm sure, and and you know, may not have even been with anybody else. Um, so clearly it is she suspects that it is Lawrence's child, or she knows that it's Lawrence's child. Yeah. And so then we see, you know, him that we see cutback to Issa and Lawrence, like, is she gonna have the baby? And then we see a cut back to Condola saying, Yes, she yes. is going to have the baby. And that I he can be, he can be as involved as he would like to. Now I feel like, you know, I can understand like where that maybe was coming from, but I also don't really feel like she meant that. And I really wish that people would stop
1: saying that. I'm like, n- almost nobody means that. Be as involved as you want to. I'm looking like, uh we both made this.
0: Yeah. And I also don't feel like, you know, Lawrence definitely has had his moments, but I don't nothing that has happened in the course of these four seasons has made me suspect that he would not like want to be an involved child. Word. I mean, not child, father. Father. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I also thought, so maybe I am not remembering correctly, but was not a part of what happened between Lawrence and Condola that led to like them basically breaking up was that she wasn't sure if she wanted to have kids and like thinking through like in the future, like, that Lawrence wanted a family and that maybe she
1: didn't? I feel like, that was part of it. In addition to, like, marriage, he was he was ready. Mm-hmm. He was ready to jump on in. And mm-hmm. she was not ready. And I can definitely understand uh, his confusion here. It's like, wait, you ain't even wanna, but you want to have my, okay. Yeah, so what do you, I, I haven't quite been able to kind of make sense of it. <laughs>
0: Who can? <laughs> I mean, it is a TV show. We ain't got all the answers, right? But but I did think like, oh, okay. I thought she wasn't quite sure. Now, of course, when we talk about things hypothetically, right? When we mm-hmm. try to predict how we might feel in the future, that is not always a match for how we feel in reality. So it, it's yeah. very possible that at the time she was having that conversation, she did not want to have kids. And then when she was pregnant, then exactly, her mind right. changed.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, circumstances, emotions, Hormones, all these things will flood you and tell you what it is that you really want to do. It's easy to speak from the comfort of a couch without having to actually make any sort of decision of uh, that type of magnitude. But when you're in it, you're in it, and that is that's a different space to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, there's been all this conversation online related to well, if she was going to like have the baby herself, why even tell Lawrence? And I don't, I don't know that that's really an option. Um, like, even no. if you do ultimately end up, you know, parenting the child alone, I don't know that it's ever a good idea to not tell the other parent that the child exists. I think that that,
1: to me, is entirely unfair to decide unilaterally that you are going to keep the information about this being that this person helped to create from the other person. To me, I'm just like, nah, that's not cool. To keep it a secret even if you are willing to raise the child on on your own you are robbing somebody of a choice
0: yeah so I, I definitely would not agree with those <laughs> those sentiments of her yeah. just like again even if she decided that she was going to rear the child on her own Lawrence definitely should still know
1: exactly Agreed. yeah
0: yeah so we see he says like oh this is too much Which is interesting for Issa, right? But I also feel like it is a continuation of the growth that we feel like we've seen in her this season.
1: Yeah, because she used to be willing to just, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I was just like, all right, Issa. Being able to say, like, this is too much. Like, asking the questions that she felt that she needed the answers to. And then being able to say, like, this is too much. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not this is too much, let me, I need to, I need space and time to think and Mm -hmm. allow me to come to a conclusion on my own, or this is too much and this is over, whatever that is, just being in that space of, I can't Mm -hmm. with this, and certainly can't with this right now. Right. I think that, um... For me, I'm just like, number one, way to speak up about what it is that you need in that moment and being able to say that this is too much
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and giving yourself whatever time and space that you need and exiting left from the conversation so that you can consider what's next.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think we also see her have a moment um, before she says it's too much where she says, like, just when I thought it was and she doesn't finish the sentence. Right. But I think in that moment, she's grappling with, like you talked earlier, um, the grief of what this could have been. Right. So even if we see them still together next season, it is not going to look like what she expected it would look like. Before she knew all of this information.
1: Yeah, because I mean, and this was pointed out, I-, I swear all I do is talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this was pointed out that it was just like, we remember that when they were, you know, I guess more broken up in a better space, when she had that entire like dream sequence mm-hmm. of their life together, mm-hmm. that if she thought that she was going to get that now. Yeah. That now that dream in some ways is gone because she's not going to be the first. She will never give him his first child because that honor has already been, it's already been taken. Yeah. So just, there is going to be, even if they get together, even if they're able to work it out, there's still the loss of what she thought could have been. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's likely not going to be number one. Yeah, This child is now going to be number one. In theory. In theory. Yeah, because we know that doesn't always happen. But yes, you're
0: right. Yeah, that there would be lots more energy related to, you know, helping to take care of the baby.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I and mean, I so it definitely feels like
1: she'll be she would feel some type of way if he was not doing what she felt right, like he did, yeah. That's his what I'm probably doing. Like, I don't, I think I don't that she feel would like, look at him differently,
0: yeah. I don't feel like we've seen any signs again that he would not be involved, but of course, you never know. But I don't think we've seen any signs really that he wouldn't, yeah. yeah. So, we see the sunset kind of on her and on the balcony on the day and you know she's kind of just like oh i'm just going to smoke this
1: away for a moment cuz i Y'all need a break. Like, let me take an <laughs> indulgence for me i need a moment i need a moment although i was also in that same moment i was thinking about like i was thinking about Lawrence because now it's like can he still be a san francisco tree mm. <laughs> well i feel like that
0: drastically changes right i mean cuz he and uh condola are not together so it's not like he she probably is not going to be interested in packing up her life to move to San yeah, Francisco just cuz he got a new job
1: so i wonder what that means like does he still move or or does he stay or does he stay now cuz i'm like a 45 minute flight might be okay for somebody's relationship but right. children require a oftentimes little bit more. more immediate attention exactly so exactly. um like well and does this then in some w- will this revert him back some ways to season one him Mm. staying in a space where he doesn't like it he's unfulfilled so that he can show commitment or you know be responsible in this way so yeah like does he have to give up on the dream in a sense
0: yeah. And I wonder, you know, we're kind of jumping ahead of the predictions, but I wonder if we even see very much of Lawrence next season, right? Like if yeah. Issa has made the decision that, you know, this feels like too much and it's not something she wants to do. I mean, now Lawrence is still connected to the friend group because he's friends with Derek, but I wonder how much we even see of him if he and Issa are not together. Yeah. Who knows? Oof. So, we s- close the season um, with this scene that we saw last week uh, the early shot of her walking somewhere saying, Hey. And we know now that it was Mercado. I don't know how I, how I missed that background information, but um, it's, she's walking into the Ethiopian restaurant. And of course, once we know where she's going, we know
2: who she's going to be. <laughs> like, we know who there,
1: who now
0: all is over there. We know. <laughs> now we see that it is molly who has called so she walks in Molly saying you know thank you for coming
1: and Issa says i'm glad you called and i would like to say that is the energy that i needed in the first place listen i needed molly to make the call because that lets us know that molly is contrite and that she understands fully the role that she has finally played in all the shenanigans so what do you feel about molly making the call now I feel like I feel to me it's it's almost tainted. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, on the one end, yes, you need to have the conversation so it's all good. But on the other end of that, I'm just like, are you calling because Andrew's over?
0: And that's what like, it feels like to me. It feels yeah, like if, if and Andrew, right, if her and Andrew had not had this conversation and presumably broke up. I don't feel like she's calling
1: Molly. Or either. exactly. And uh, Rapha- Fiallo, Fialo, um, one half of Afrosexology, she said it might be that they're just drama bond. So not trauma bond, but mm. drama bond. Mm. That when they're both in the midst of trauma, they are each other's besties. They they hold mm. each other down. They support each other, or they they have a relationship, but it, it's based in drama. Mm.
2: And I'm just
1: like. To me, that's that's kind of sad if that's what it is.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: we haven't seen that Molly knows how to be a friend to Issa on Issa's glow up. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that Issa knows how to be a friend to Molly when she's in a relationship and trying to make it work. We have not seen it. And yeah. now both of these, now both of them are in a space of so much going on. And right. then they come back together, it's tainted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt difficult and I agree with a lot of that, right? But I also see how, of course, in the midst of both of these situations that your best friend or the person who has been your best friend forever is the person you want to call, right? Like we saw even some of this with Issa last week when she wanted to reach out to Molly um, because she wanted to talk through these things, right? So I get it, but like you also feel like has there really been enough work done for us to be able to come together in this space to really support one another right now.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I don't think we've seen that work. So my guess would be maybe that this conversation is like the beginning of them, maybe at least trying to put some of that stuff on the table while also sharing the things that they are struggling with in that present
2: moment. (sighs) But we don't know. (laughs) I'm just like I'm hoping that
1: both of them end up on the doctor's couch.
2: Mm, mm
0: -hmm. Well, Um, that would see them. Well, definitely Molly back with doctor with Doctor Rhonda. Um, I don't know that Issa would see Doctor Rhonda. Maybe she would have a different therapist. But it's clear that even then, maybe finding somebody
1: different so that they can both go to therapy together. Oh yes, friendship therapy. Because I know that we don't we like. There's no. Yeah. Friendship therapy is not like a thing thing. I've right. am decided at my practice, we're making it a thing. I think um, it definitely can be a thing. I mean, it's basically like a form of couples therapy. Absolutely. Yeah. And to me, I'm like all these things impact to me, sexuality. I, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's nothing that you can talk to me about that. I'm not going to be like, yeah, that impacts your sexuality. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just like, just the same with that. Because I mean, I get to thinking about people who come to therapy and, you know, they're, they are the dark skinned friend mm. and their light skinned friends don't have an understanding and they feel not seen, not heard by their friend groups and how we do that work to help, to help everybody understand everybody else's perspective and for there to be the appropriate amount of support given. So for me, it's the same sort of thing that I would do in, a, in, in couples therapy, but mm-hmm. I have been doing it with friends. Yeah. And I, you know, Valerie, the, my newest therapist, you know, I'm teaching her how to help to facilitate these conversations between friends, because I'm just like, you know what? Friendship therapy is not a thing, and it should be, mm-hmm. because we have over-prioritized romantic relationships yes. the same way that we watched Molly do all season. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. willing to work on anything with Andrew, but she was not willing to work on anything with Issa.
0: Yes. Yeah. So that would be great if we see them in friendship therapy next season. So in addition to them being on a couch with a new therapist, what are your other predictions of what we might see in season five whenever we get it?
1: I think we're going to see masks. (laughs) I see masks. No, you don't see masks? Perhaps, perhaps. (laughs) But um, honestly, I'm hoping that what we do see is maybe the season opener is I'm assuming that some time will have passed between mm-hmm. this and that, but that we're we're watching continued work between Issa and Molly. That they're trying. That maybe we'll be seeing them use like therapy tools mm-hmm. to to try it. Now, I hear what you're saying. What I hear you <laughs> saying is this, and what I'm and I love you, and I want you to know that this is what I'm feeling and thinking. I feel like maybe we'll see some tools, or at least some some attempted at trying to make things work a little bit better between them. Um, I'm actually hoping that we see a little bit more of the extended friend group. Mm -hmm. I felt Mm -hmm. like for me this season, it was missing more and I would like to see more of it. Mm So um, I'm hoping then that we're, we're seeing that, the village in a sense is coming together to really help support each other in different ways. Cause I yeah. think that is very necessary. Like mm-hmm. mean, we can have a best friend, but we still are part of a friend group yeah. and that they may have and offer different perspectives that we should also value or that we can also value. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to see a little bit more of them. I personally, you know how I feel about Ma- Isa and Lawrence, you know I prefer <laughs> Nathan. So we didn't I'm talk
0: very go. much about him. they had that brief interaction. Yes. I do think we will see more of Nathan next season too. I
1: just I, I really appreciated that that naked honesty. Mm-hmm. That you know like I felt I felt the way when I heard that you was back with him and I was just like, go in, man, if you, don't, if you don't speak your truth, if you don't speak that truth, I really appreciated that because I'm just like, for me, that that's the less the lesson of what they needed all season long was in that one dialogue mm-hmm. where he spoke his truth yeah. and then was just like, I just needed to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm not asking you to take responsibility for it. I'm taking responsibility for it, but I wanted to make sure that I communicated it and that I apologized for how I behaved the last mm-hmm. time. Yes, look at
0: that good role modeling he was doing for them. I
1: am mm-hmm. <laughs> so like they need
0: him. Yes, this man gonna help them figure out this <laughs> communication piece. Although that might be kind of weird, though, right now that um, like we may see the reverse of what happened when Molly and Andrew were together. Now, if, you know, she and and Andrew are broken up, now we see Nathan more in the picture, like we saw Andrew more in the picture this season. That might be Mm -hmm.
2: interesting.
0: Um, So I think that Issa will be done with Lawrence. I feel like her indication that this was too much is probably something that's going to stick and that she will feel like this is not really what I signed up for. So you're
1: saying you're going to see the opposite of messy Issa? (laughs) (laughs)
0: right like we saw Molly call her out early in the season yeah I don't think I feel like that is not something that she's gonna feel like is gonna be a good fit for her life right now like she's worked really hard to try to get in this place with her career um you know and was looking forward to you know maybe building this relationship with Lawrence for the second time and I feel like this is going to be too much of a departure of what she was expecting
1: yeah yeah, And I'm hoping that Nathan don't try no foolishness of, let me just slide back up <laughs> in there. Because I mean, oftentimes, you know, people are like, oh, I ju- I'm okay with just being your friend, but that's not what they mean. They mean, yes. I'm going to wait in the wings until things turn badly in your life. And then I'm going to try to slide back up in there. And we don't even want to keep in mind how creepy we are. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like he has already said that he's already kind of set up for that. Right. And I don't know that it feels really creepy. Like, I feel like he can actually be a good friend to her because we saw him do that really most of this season. So he did still have feelings for her, but wasn't really trying to push up on her,
1: was really just supporting her by being a good friend. And I'm wondering if he had an agenda with that friendship. Mm, well, he, I mean, you back in the day when we used to go to like gas stations and things like somebody <laughs> might try to come and hit on you and be like, you'd be like, oh, I got a man like. Oh, I'm just trying to be
0: your friend. Oh, I know you're Well, I feel like he showed evidence of actually being a good friend, like the way he helped her with the block party and stuff like that. Um, Now he does still have feelings. I mean, I think he's been clear about that, but it does feel like he can set some boundaries around that. So I suspect he will be back next season and that we see none or very little of Lawrence.
1: I'm hoping we see a little something. Well, I feel like
0: like we're going to have to know something, right? Yeah, um, but not because Tiffany
1: works with Condola, right? Does
2: she? Does she?
1: She was I at that. Of, and, like, how did they? How did Issa and Condola get together? I thought yeah, was she is Tiffany. Tiffany's friend,
0: but I don't know if they work together or if they are just friends some other way. But you might okay. be right about that. You might be right about that.
1: I'm like, well, maybe we see a little bit more of. Uh, though I feel like I feel like you feel that Issa is not in a space to have a desire for messiness anymore
2: yeah not not
1: in the same way at least i think that she knows what her limits are and is trying to work within that limit
0: Hmm. Hmm. yeah yeah the rest i'm not so sure about i think we will see molly and at least trying to work on this friendship i'm not quite sure how it's gonna go um, but i think mm-hmm. we will at least see them trying because you know that's how it ended and you know i think it's been really telling that the cast in every interview you hear them talk about, talk about the fact that Molly and Issa's relationship is really the love story of the show. Um, so I feel like we are not going to see that go away anytime soon, but we may see them continuing to hopefully I work like on being that, better though. friends.
1: I, do I like it that, that their friendship is the love story of the show. I think we're very used to romantic love. We're not really used to seeing platonic love. Yeah. And we need to see that a little bit more. I think that, yeah, we have some shows where we see that and it's like, mm, okay, whatever. But <laughs> this one is like there's the the togetherness, the apartness. For me, that was like the first like seven or eight seasons of however many seasons of Grey's Anatomy. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, this show is about the love that Meredith has for Christina mm-hmm. and nothing else. <laughs> um, I'm looking like, everything else is a side piece. And I feel similarly about this, that it is about Molly and Issa specifically and their love and their love and friendship and how they move apart and come together, that friendships can be problematic and still have longevity, that you can feel like the relationship needs to stop and do stop it and that you still may come back together at another time. So like, I really... I'm appreciating the ebbs and flows. I know that in some ways I was also in my get this lemonade, like, fix it. <laughs> Jesus. but I'm also I, I just love the way that they were able to tell the story mm-hmm. and move things forward and through in this way because it felt so lovely. Mm hmm. Yes, this finale
0: definitely didn't give us the warm fuzzies like the previous two episodes did, but I feel like it does very much mimic real life, right? That it, we can't always stay in the warm and fuzzy,
1: no, mm-hmm. and that we can't, that everything is not wrapped up with a pretty bow, yes. So, like, we're like, oh, you know, January, new year, new me, and then, <laughs> um, come December, we're uh, just like, oh, look at all this stuff I did, and I'm just like, no, it's constantly in transition, like, just because you measure your life in years or quarters, doesn't mean that that's how things wrap up. Right. And that sometimes things just keep going. Mm -hmm. And this, for me, this entire season felt like real life.
0: Yeah. in,
1: in, in In a very different way. Almost just like, ooh, like that thing that sort of reminded you of whatever friendship that came to mind when you're watching them go through this turmoil. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like watching everybody like learn to collectively hate Molly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, y'all, half of y'all are Molly. <laughs> half y'all are Molly. Half of y'all are in a friendship with Molly. And y'all can point it out on the TV and talk about, ooh, Easton needs to do this and East needs to do that. I'm looking like, meanwhile, what about your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I took this quiz and it said that I'm Kelly.
0: <laughs> I did not take the quiz. <laughs> you didn't share that with me. <laughs> now I'm gonna I have saw to the take thing the on Facebook. I was like, oh, I'm Kelly. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> I care about people and I'm slightly inappropriate. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Tell me that thing. Don't, don't describe me. I mean, with, again, <laughs> like the kids would
1: say, points were made. <laughs> I took it twice trying to see if I can change my thing. I was like, no, I feel like a Molly or a Issa. Mm -mm. Nope. I got Kelly both times.
0: very fitting very fitting <laughs> well that this has been okay. a pleasure to debrief on these episodes every week I feel like this was very timely gave us a little bit of a reprieve from all of the rest of the madness that feels like it has been happening in the world and so we will likely be back for season five whenever we get that um to give y'all some
1: debrief asking me out in advance <laughs> we go together will you go with me circle yes yeah, or no? I'll go with you <laughs> box.
0: So y'all stay tuned. And again, you know, we always want to hear the conversation and your thoughts about the season finale. So definitely share that with us on
1: social media. So tell the people where they can find you again, Dr. Donna. Please do find me at Anod Wright on Instagram, A-N-N-O-D. That's my first name backwards, R-I-G-H-T. And uh, if you're just looking to get that colorism, texturism work, then please come on over to cbhg.com.
0: And that's the cocoa butter and hair grease, all of her good stuff there. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, we'd be paying people to write, but people don't be <laughs> wanting to write. So I'm just like, hey, I mean, yes it's not so like we're we, we not giving you like a million dollars a word or nothing like that. I mean, we pay a very small stipend, but, you know, we do pay people. So there
0: you go. So if you're interested in writing related to colorism, texturism, everything, cocoa butter, hair grease world, then definitely hit her up. Yay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure.
1: It truly has. Thank you for inviting me.
0: It's been such a pleasure to chat with Dr. Oriol for these debriefs. Don't forget to check out the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com/session160 for links to our previous conversations about insecure or to grab your copy of her book Cocoa Butter and Hair Grease and please share your takeaways with us on social media using the hashtag #TBGinSession and don't leave your friends out of the party be sure to share this episode with the other insecure fans in your life if you're looking for a therapist in your area be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you're looking for a little bit of extra support right now or need a place to just be, come on over and join us in the Yellow Couch Collective where we take a deeper dive into the topics from the podcast and just about everything else. You can join us at therapyforblackgirls.com slash YCC. Don't forget to check out the new episode of I May Destroy You Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or stream it on HBO Max. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care.